Welcome to the world of music. Discover new music. Do you want to be the first to know? Pay attention. This is Dash Daily Discovery with DJ Harper. It's like a movie in here. I love that trailer. It's yeah. like the beginning of a of a feature film right now. It's terrifying. <laughs> My adrenaline just went through the roof. You asked for it and I gave it to you. <laughs> We've got Mr. Hudson hanging out with me here in studio. How are you? Man, I'm, Welcome I'm well. I'm happy to be in Los Angeles. We're happy to have you here. It's like a permanent vacation for me. It's beautiful outside. It's it's usually somewhere between 75 and 85. You know, when we have weather like that at home, people don't go to work. They don't go to school. Right. They just hang out in the park. Which is what we do here in Los Angeles as well. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Uh, people don't understand that like literally work is all the time, right. sort of, right? You know, here at yeah. least. And it's, it's funny when people, you know, they say, oh, I went to L.A. and I hung out in West Hollywood and people behaved this certain way and weren't necessarily that interested in talking to me all night. I say, you got to understand they were at work. Right. You go to someone's place of work and try and talk to them, they'll be polite for like five minutes. Right. And then they're like, I have to go to work, back to work now. <laughs> And you could be in a club here or a restaurant. You could wherever, yep. chatting to someone and they're super friendly, but then they've got to go back to work. Right. The, the hustle is 24-7. Yes, which work might actually be talking to somebody else. Correct. <laughs> and that's why they're looking over their shoulder. Right, right, right. It's a whole thing. It's a culture thing like, here Don't take LA. it personally. People, right. We're just at work. We're thinking about work. This and we're is like, true. oh, there's that guy, you know, he owes me an email. I owe, owe him a beat, whatever. right. right. Um, it's funny. I on the uh, morning show uh, the other day, I did top things that one should not do on a first date, and one of the things okay. was just to constantly talk about work. I wouldn't even mention it, and I th- I learned recently: don't ask. So, what do you do? Apparently, that's mm. not not mm-hmm. a good question. Mm-hmm. Like, let the person if they want to mention work because they might be trying to put it to the back of their mind. Right. Right. You know? Yeah, I agree. Well, we've got uh, dating tips with Mr. Hudson coming up okay. in the next hour. I'm ready. I'm just, okay. <laughs> uh, I love it. You're here because you got this record uh, that you recently released called Coldplay yes. with Vic Mensa. Uh, yeah. You've had this, um, man, you've got such a catalog that you've built up over the years. And we were just chatting about this off air, how it just seems like yesterday when 808 and Heartbreaks came out. And Doesn't yet, it? I mean, man, there's been so much that you've done, including uh, you just finished up this tour uh, celebrating David Bowie. Yeah. Um, man, you got a lot of stuff I know that you're cooking up too. Um, talk to me just a little bit about how all of this came to be. How does a guy from Birmingham like pick up this crazy career in music and now implanted here in LA and have worked with Jay-Z and Kanye and Duran Duran? I mean, crazy. I guess by accident. <laughs> Firstly, thank you for trying to pronounce Birmingham in the way that I was trying that we to. Did. I was try, I was trying to. So on on tour, um, when I got to Birmingham, Alabama, <laughs> they kept correcting me. Yeah, right. When they'd be like, "Oh, you're from where? Where you from? Sweden?" I'd be like, "No, I'm from England." But where? I'm from Birmingham, England. They'd be like, "Birmingham." Right. I'd be like, "No, Birmingham." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, much different place. Birmingham. Yes, Birmingham, Birmingham and Birmingham are two different places. Birmingham. Yep. Try it. Birmingham. And of course, people in Birmingham say Birmingham. Mm. And we call it Brum just to make it easy. Okay, I can do Brum. Yeah. There we go. I love the fact that Birmingham's been put on the map by Peaky Blinders. Have you watched the show? No. 
You haven't watched the show? No. You're like one of three people that hasn't seen it. But yeah, I've, check it out. I've, if you got it, I've got to get into this. It's our new claims of fame. We had heavy metal, we had cars, we had the industrial revolution, and now we've got Peaky Blinders. Okay. It, it, to, to that level. Yeah. Man, you're, you're, <laughs> man, I mean, now I've got to see repping. it. I'm yeah, repping. I'm repping. I see that. I see that. But how did this start for you, though? Um, okay, so yeah, seriously, back to the music. Um, the, the, you know, I said kind of half joking that, that accident um, was, was the reason. I think creatively, you, you know, and in your life, you've got to be open to happy accidents, whether that's mm. you hit the wrong button on Ableton mm -hmm. and something weird and wonderful happens, or whether, you know, you say, oh, I'm going to make a few beats and try and work with rappers in the UK, which is what I wanted to do, and I kind of overshot and accidentally ended up in Burbank. <laughs> Working on, you know, Love Lockdown and meeting Big Sean and Cuddy and the right. whole Good Music family at that time. And just having this, you know, this wild kind of ride and ending up working with Jay-Z. And, you know, you can't plan that stuff. Right. You can't put that in your schedule of like, this. here are my goals for this year. Right. You, you don't get to do that. You can't buy that. Mm. So I don't really, I didn't have a plan. Yep. Um... I think it's just, you know, you put the right ingredients in the pot and, and, and they come you dish down, it up. Right. What was the, how did the Kanye thing happen with good music? Okay. How did you end up in Burbank? So I'd made a record in the UK, which I, um, I put out on Mercury Records, which doesn't exist anymore. Mm. It's part of Universal in London. And um, it was with a band called The Library. So it's Mr. Hudson and The Library, this long name that was kind of didn't quite fit on the posters. <laughs> and we, we were touring and we toured with Amy Winehouse. Uh -huh. And we, um, you know, did, we just played every venue in the UK twice. We toured Europe. And things were going well, but it was, it was kind of a contained, you know, as we say, UK famous thing. Mm -hmm. And somehow Kanye heard the, that album that we put out I think Virgil Abloh actually played it to him when they were in Japan. And this is 2007, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they're in, I think they were in Japan, that, as legend has it, they were in Japan working on some fashion ideas because mm. one day they wanted to get into fashion. <laughs> they were always right. working on it. So right. it's not an overnight thing, Virgil and Louis Vuitton, the, the well-publicized thing, that, that uh, his well-publicized appointment last week. He's That's been like growing, that's been coming into to fruition, to existence for, for ten, at years. least 10 years. Years, right. You know? So anyway, I think they were in Japan working on fashion stuff, um, which I still know nothing about, you know? Um, and I think, I guess the idea was they didn't really want to listen to hip-hop while mm. they were working on, you know, all these delicate fabrics and sure. trying to be calm and collected and do these designs. They don't necessarily want to be listening to Mob Deep. So... Um, I, I, I guess, you know, maybe Kanye turned around and said, Virgil, put something chill on, something from U the UK, because mm. Virgil's always had one ear to London, and he put on the record. And Incredible. I, I guess that was that. Um, you know, from my point of view, I was literally just going about my quiet little life, making cups of tea and staring out of the window right. at the rain. Right, <laughs> right. That's what we right. do in yeah. London. And, um, you know, I just... You know, you know what happened? I went to Paris. I was working on some songs. I was trying to do that, like, you know, tortured artist thing in a mm. in a, an apartment in Paris. I was meant to be writing the second album. That was it. And I wrote half a song. And I came back and I felt like a schoolboy who's going to be in trouble for not having done the assignment. Right, you didn't do your homework. I hadn't done any of my homework. I got back to this meeting with the label and I thought, I'm just going to be in so much trouble. 
But before we even got on to the did you write any songs in Paris conversation, they just said, you know, look at this piece of paper. Do you want to sign to good music? And I, I probably said, what's good music? Right, you right. Know? That's back in 2007, I guess. Man. No, no, January 2008. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Sometimes. Incredible. Sometimes we're just the cuddly toy in the machine at the end of the pier and then Somebody comes along and <laughs> snatches a, you up. A claw comes down and you're just chilling. Yeah. You're just living your life. So sometimes you just got to let things happen to you. This is such an incredible story that you have when it comes to this. And I think that a part of it, like you said, is is being able to recognize that these things just happen. And that if you're sort of, you know, doing what you need to do and, and doing the things that you're meant to be doing, that somebody will take notice at some point. And it isn't this plan that you've scheduled out. You check, know? It, check it out. The work that you do will propel you forward. Mm. And I think you probably know this. Mm-hmm. Um, as a footnote, you don't have to work that much harder than other people to be working a lot harder. Mm. You know, be the tall poppy. Just be five centimeters taller than mm-hmm. the other poppies in the mm-hmm. field and you'll be the tall poppy. Don't be afraid of that. Um, but the work will propel you. I think sometimes we're missold this like hero idea that be the hero, make everything happen, you know, go out there and sort of, you know, be be that guy or that girl or whatever. Sometimes you just got to quietly mm. work away behind closed doors and then come out and say, I made some stuff. Right. But I think there's maybe this almost Hollywood idea that you have to kind of Jason Bourne it. Yeah. And it's all down to you. It's yep. not. Right. Work hard, do cool stuff, and then show it to people. Yeah, I think that that's also just something that has been ingrained, specifically here in this country, is that it's like you can do it, and it's all going to be up to you, and you go out and do it. Get your fistful of dollars. It's it's you, your horse, your gun. Right. Get out there into the Wild West. Mm -hmm. You know, kick ass, take some names. Right. And sometimes just sort of sitting back and letting things sort of transpire and, and work themselves out. Yeah, and being okay with them taking time. I think because we can do everything so quickly, Mm. like immediately, um, there's a temptation to think, oh, well, my career needs to happen like that as well. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm low and slow. Like I didn't make a penny from music till I was 26. Mm -hmm. But I feel like some people are putting so much pressure on themselves. They're like, I'm 19 and I still haven't got a record deal. Right, right. Like chill, sow some seeds because sometimes you've got to write a song in January you don't might not figure out till April how it's got to sound production wise. Then you get that figure out who you want to feature on it in August, mm-hmm. um, and you put it out a few months later. So it might take a year from writing a song to putting it out. We don't all get to be Kanye and right. just it ha- you know make Jesus in one night yep. under the supervision of Rick Rubin, and then it's out the next day on <laughs> iTunes. We can't all pull those strings. Right. We're not all creatively um, people that can stay up all night. We're not all like, you know? Yeah. No, and a lot of times, even these days, I mean, with the tools being what they are now, it's like even if that the scenario that you just painted, even if that did happen, you might put a song out. It might not do well out the gate. Yeah. Four years later, all of a sudden, somebody's knocking down your door to like have this song redone and sign this to a single deal. Yeah. Like, who knows? They put it on a TV show. They put it on a sneaker commercial. Next thing you know, the phone's ringing again. I mean, there are so many artists. I have more experience of artists, but it could be in any area, really, Mm -hmm. where they put a song out, doesn't do much. All of a sudden, it's on, you know, a big commercial. 
and then or there's a remix yeah yeah and that blows up so it sometimes it's not in your hands mm. sometimes somebody gets hold of an acapella or your team just quietly generate an opportunity for sure. you it could be your management your publisher your label a friend somebody plays a card for you so it's not all about you know you 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 right it's not all on mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. do your work um do your 10,000 hours how about yeah, that yeah. people seem to, that's kind of unfa that idea was super fashionable about 5 years ago 10 years ago you got people talking about yeah 10,000 hours now no one wants to do the 10,000 hours right. so they don't talk about it right. <laughs> but do do right. your 20,000 hours yeah right um not to pat myself on the back too hard but um i posted a pic on on instagram which is a is a wonderful app. I don't know if any of you have seen it. Uh, I feel Very like I've heard of this there's app. A, there's yeah. little quiet moments in the day when you don't know what to do with your thumbs. Mm -hmm. Look at pictures of strangers on the internet. Right. It's a lot of fun. Anyway, I posted a picture on Instagram of me playing the guitar, and I just suddenly thought, how long have I been playing the guitar? Mm. Oh, forever. Like, how how many hours? If you had to, if you had to just guess, like shooting yeah. from the hip, hundred thousand hours? Yes. On or, music, yes. Right. Right. Yeah. I am 100 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but look, even at high school, it was more important to me than my work. It was mm. more important to me than anything. So even at high school, I would have been doing three hours a night on music. Right. And we were talking about music during lessons. And at lunchtime, we went to the music block and mm -hmm. the music department and like stole some classical guitars. Right. And, <laughs> and we're playing grunge songs on these classical guitars on lunch tables. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, 300 days, 350 days in a year times three hours. Oh, and I was doing six hours easily on a Saturday mm -hmm. and six hours on a Sunday. So you're looking at like, yeah, that's just at high school. What uh, on I, music, playing drums, guitar, writing songs, what recording. Would that be? That's like a, a doing that's shows, like a thousand, doing rehearsals. Yeah, that's like a, a thousand hours a year, a year from 13. Yeah. So by the time I left at 18, I'd already that. done. It's like, yeah, it's like. 1500 hours a year i think aim to do if, if you're at school aim to have done your 10,000 hours by the time you leave mm. and you'll be good at you'll be okay at music yeah you know and it's all it's all very good advice and actually this is very fitting we do have quite a few of the listeners that are out there that are artists that are producers writers and things like that that tune into the daily discovery show as well so i mean that's great advice for you to give as somebody who has gone through this and has has been there and is still in it um tell me a little bit more about this recent single coldplay featuring vic mensa so coldplay was a lot of lot of fun to do um it was one of those songs that i i wrote just very kind of i was very carefree it was just I just sat at the Rhodes piano, mm. played some chords, threw some words down. I wasn't thinking, this is, I've got to write a single. I've got to write something for Vic. Mm. It was just a, you know, a cute little song, a sad song. Um, and I really enjoyed the second verse because as a lot of us singers, we kind of secretly want to be rappers. Mm -hmm. So the second verse for right. me was definitely me flexing my, if I were <laughs> rapping these lines, they would be good. You know, wet hair on a cold day, the kind of day you play Coldplay. Um, I don't even like Coldplay, but today I need Coldplay. Mm, mm -hmm. I was kind of patting myself on the back with those lines. <laughs> you know when you go outside on a cold day and your hair's wet? You haven't had time to blow dry your hair? Does that ever happen? Yeah. 
<laughs> doesn't happen to me too often. I'm, I'm looking at the people with long hair. Right, right. <laughs> yes, no. So yes. it's kind of a specific line, but yeah, I was pleased with that. Yeah. And not many songwriters would allow themselves to rhyme four lines back to back with the same word. Unless you're a rapper. Yeah. Right. And perhaps specifically in trap. Yes, yes. Yeah. So... You know, I enjoyed that element of the song and I didn't even know what to do with it, but I, I think I, I was just playing around with producing it up. And, um, you know, I'm an old school producer who likes to have a studio full of toys, but on that day, I think it was just, I was just on the laptop and almost treating it like I had not somebody else's acapella, just threw down a quick beat in mm. 20 minutes. And then, um, you know, I was hanging out with Vic and I just wanted to play him what I've been working on. Right. Not really like I've got to play. Not not pitching him the no, song, right? No, right. I ne I never really do that. Right. I just let people know what I'm up to. Yep. He was working on his record um, here in LA, and I just went to visit. It was just a social one, and of course I had my my song. You know, of got course, to, you, you have to. You got to be ready. Have your songs in your pocket. Yeah. So I think he wanted an ear break mm -hmm. from his stuff. Mm -hmm. So I played him two or three songs, and it was just wasn't even a conversation. It's just like. I should jump on that, shouldn't I? And I was like, yeah, you should. Mm. You know, it was and did really it happen right then and there? No, I just I right. just, gave, just gave it to him. I just played right. it into Pro Tools so he had it amongst all his other sessions. And right. he just worked on it as if it was part of his album. Huh. And then, so it was super low-key. It was just two friends making a song. Yeah. Kind of like, you know. Just putting the music first. I love that. I love that. Let's um, let's play it for everybody out there so that they can hear this as well. Uh, this is Coldplay featuring Vic Mensa. Mr. Hudson hanging out with us here in studio on Dash Radio. More with him in just a few. We've got more, actually, advice, things that you can uh, share with some of the people that are out there. I love this, what you're, what you're saying right now. Uh, don't go anywhere. You are tuned into Daily Discovery right here on Dash. Twisted silence. Please decipher We can still try We're too young to die So much for the failsafe Wrong way down the runway This scene's playing over I can't think when I'm sober I hear what you don't say My heart beats like a freight train this place doesn't feel the same Is this the part where I walk away? Twisted silence Please decipher We can still try Too young to die Shoelaces tied Taxis outside We can still try too young to die A long walk down the old street The sipping sundowners on concrete But me, I need something stronger I guess I thought that I'd be stronger Wet hair on a cold day The kind of day you play cold play I don't even like cold play But today I need cold play Twisted silence Please decipher We can still try Too young to die Shoelaces tied 
taxis outside We can still try I lost you in tears at the airport, crying inside, but I ain't make a sound. It's ironic, not even TSA could save us now. She's breaking down, we breaking up. My lady luck, my favorite love, I think because I can't give up the way it was. It really hurts us more, the things that we don't say. I see your face in yellow every time I hear Coldplay. And your place on a pillowcase where you don't lay. In a bouquet of roses I left in your suitcase before I screwed it up and made you screw-faced. I think about you every time I hear a sad song On New York radio in yellow taxi cab home My mama told me men in glass homes shouldn't cast stones I left you by your own, now I'm grown and I don't want to die alone The twisted silence, relationships and violence, shit was childish I lost my queen, popping ace of spades and king of diamonds Just to be honest, you was always fixing me Now I don't know what else to do but listen to fix you won't repeat I hate cold blood part of me It's really letting go I know you gotta find someone But I don't wanna know The hardest part of moving on Is really letting go I know you gotta find someone But I don't wanna know No, no, no Discover new music and new artists. The Dash Daily Discovery with DJ Harper. Yep, that's right. That last one, Coldplay. You got a chance to hear Mr. Hudson uh, put his little rap line in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that featuring Vic Mensa. That was uh, your most recent release. Tell us a little bit more about what you're cooking up right now. I know you're always up to always up to something. I'm always working on about 11 things at once. <laughs> right. Something I've resigned to now is that I might be making a song for somebody else and then realize I want to put it out. Mm. And I might be working on a song for me and then realize it should be for somebody else. DJ Snake will be like, I'll right. have that. Right. right. And I'm like, cool. So I just roll with the punches. Is, is that how it's always been for you or is this more of a recent thing? Well, when I started out, it, it, you know, I was in a band and we made a record and you, you We wrote songs before we got to the studio. We, we were playing them live. You mm, figured mm-hmm, their arrangements mm-hmm. out doing shows. Then you got to the studio with like, you know, a, a record producer. Right. A big SSL desk, the length of a you know, school bus. <laughs> and it was all very serious and very yes. expensive. So yes. You, you know, you made the record. Now it's like the other way around. We're mastering records before we've even like written them. Right, right. Um, so my process... You know, I adjust depending on the room, depending mm. on the project. So, you know, I I sent a beat to Lil Yachty yesterday, but who knows, it might be for somebody else. If, mm. he, if he's like, nah, then I have to maneuver right. and play it to somebody else. That's that's the game, right? Yep, yep. And I think that is one of the lessons uh, here amongst all the other lessons. But, like, you've mentioned this before when we were chatting um, before we played Coldplay, which is just this idea of, like, happy accidents and, and being able yeah. to sort of relinquish some bit of control. Yeah. And I feel like for those that are out there that are in the music industry and are, are wanting a career in the music industry as an artist, a producer, a songwriter, what have you, I feel like that is a really important lesson to learn. Yeah. Is to not be so controlling. Be prepared to improvise. Mm. You know, have your, have your principles. Your plan should be simple. Like my plan 
my initial plan was don't have to get a job. It was that simple. <laughs> Never have to wear black shiny shoes ever again. Right. I was at one of you know one of those old fashioned uh, schools in the UK where you wear uniform and shoes and a tie and everything up until the day you leave mm. at eighteen. So my, my sole ambition at that point was never get a real job. Right. I felt like I'd just retired from a real job. Anyway, then you, you know, have your, have your principles of, of what you love and what you hate and what you want to do and kind mm -hmm. of what your rules are and then just play the game. Mm -hmm. Know where the, the lines are, know the rules, but then improvise. Mm -hmm. Just somebody throws you a curveball. Be like, I mean, the classic example is... You could be calling. You could plan how a date is going to go. Yep. You've got your op you've got your opening line and then your next line. <laughs> but if they if the other person says the wrong thing, it screws the whole thing. You have up. to rip your right, script up. Right, right, right. So really, just you know, just put your hustle together and then just be ready to maneuver and improvise. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Actually, I was uh, having this exact conversation or something very similar to this conversation uh, with a few students of mine. I teach at a DJ school. Yes. And you know, in trying to explain. How DJ, like how a DJ set goes, it really is that. It's like being able to improvise and maneuver based on what is being fed back to you. Like yeah. this might not land the way you thought it was going to land, like in you planning this whole set out. And what are you going to do? Continue to stay on that road? Yeah. No. I mean, you're going to crash and burn. You just need to know your records, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because then you, if you know the records, you can look up and spend 90% of your time watching the crowd rather than thinking... What am I going to play next? Right. And I love it when DJs have a tune loaded up. Yep. And then they suddenly... Switch it up. They're about to They're about to drop <laughs> the next tune. Right. And then they're suddenly like... They watch. They see the way somebody's dancing or something happens. And they're like, nah, this one. Yep. I mean, with vinyl, I used to... I remember um, great advice being like, know the vinyl visually. Mm. Like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, like people, where the break is and what... See, yeah, see yeah. the bass coming in because the vinyl changes yeah. visually. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love that. Like, to, to feel the record. I mm -hmm. mean... Do you feel like uh, at, at some point now here, you, you're putting out singles. Uh, is this all going to lead to a full project? Definitely. Okay. When is a question of maneuvering and sure. adjusting <laughs> with opportunities. But, you know, I'm always making music. Um, I've got a lot of stuff on the hard drive, you mm -hmm. know, and... Um, I've been, I guess I've been helping a lot of people with their records recently and promoting what they do. And it's probably time for another Mr. H yeah. um, release. How, how, do you, how do you balance that part of it? Is there, is there a conscious effort for that at all where you're just like, hmm, today it's been a while since I've done something for me versus yeah, but other artists? I, you know, as I said before, sometimes you, you, know, you make something for somebody else and you realize, actually, this is mine. Yeah, yeah. And they pro and you know when things align correctly, they they realize that as well. Yeah, you know, right? Where that's the better fit for it or I mean, whatnot. When I started out, I was very single-minded. You know, everything I was making was for me. Mm -hmm. I was like a bedroom producer. I didn't collaborate with anybody. Mm. But that was that was back in the day. And what I learned working with the good music guys is collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Mm. It it kind of goes back to the truism: the more we share, the more we have. Mm. If you've got everybody, if you've got these this collective helping each other make great records, right. they're going to be better yep. than if those people hid in their bedrooms and said, no, I'm doing this all on my own. And you can do it all on your own now with technology. Which is the, which is the scary part yeah. to me because that, that then does not breed collaboration by design, right? Is that like you, 
it, it can. It can. There's definitely technology that's yeah. out there that does allow for that. But the fact that one could do almost everything on their own, I think, yeah. is, 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 not a, is not a good thing in terms of progressing music necessarily. So, you know, it's, it, it's the old thing, something old, something new, right? Right. So embrace technology, embrace new ways of working, but also don't, don't forget about the classic things that work. You know, I, I think having people in a room together is always going to be important. Mm. Mm. But do I love being able to produce a track for you on the plane? Yes, I do. Mm. You know? Yeah, right. With, with a sample library. And, yep. and it took me a while to adjust to that. I was always the, the person who needed toys. Um, but yeah, I think we've got to have the, the best of both worlds. I love it. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, to sort of cap things off, I do want to do a bit of a throwback here. I want to play, um, I want to go back to the 808 and Heartbreaks album and play Paranoid, which is actually one of my favorite Kanye records of all time. Tell me a little bit about how that whole thing came to be with Paranoid and the, the making of. So the funny, the interesting thing about Paranoid that I always remember um, is that it's the last thing I worked on. Hmm. My bags were in the hall ready to fly back to London. It's the last thing I did was sing Paranoid. Huh. Um, and I think I might have said to Kanye, there's one, I think I was sort of, you know, I'd been out there for a few weeks working on the record and I think I had a little moment of sincerity and gratitude and I took him to one side and said, thank you for involving me in this, in this record, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, you know, he smiled and was like, you know, no problem or word or whatever he said. I said, there's, and I have, <laughs> I, for some reason I just like, you know, say things like this now and then. I said, there's one problem with it, one problem with the album. Mm. And this is after like five weeks of working right. on it and spending all this cash and stuff. And he was like, what? What's wrong with the, the record? I was like. I'm not singing on it. <laughs> so, and did, you, and did you say that just the way you told me? That's how you said so, it, yeah. right? So we went back in and we did Paranoid. That I mean, the fact that he would then say, "All right, yeah." What was his response? <laughs> what was his response to that? Paranoid, right? No, to be honest, we that we didn't start the track from scratch because of that statement. I think I was just like, you know, I need to sing on Paranoid. Let's let's just give it a quick go before I get on the plane, man. And if I hadn't. I mean, some sometimes you got to do that little Russian roulette thing of like, let me yeah, let me just say, come out and say this yeah, you know, um, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a perfect moment. Like, what if you, what if, what if you didn't say that? You know, what I mean, like, you got to take your shot. I mean, the, the same thing with Forever Young. Um, mm. I'd been I'd been working in the studio for a, for a while. And I didn't feel like I'd been contributing. And I chatted to Virgil at breakfast, and I was like, "Man, I I want to be of more value to the project. I don't I don't need to see my name on anything. I don't. It's not about that. I just want to be value. Mm. I want to offer value because I, I've been flown all this way. You know, that's like a twenty six hour trip from from London to right. Hawaii. And he was just like, I mean, he, Virgil's always good at really like just simple bumper sticker advice. He's just like, you know, just get get up to the plate and swing the bat. Hmm. So I did, and that was Forever Young. That's that's incredible. The way that you've just described that too, I think that this is an important lesson as well. I mean, we're finding all of these like little gems here in this interview, but the way that you went about saying that, I think, 
sometimes there's a lot of people that don't know how to approach a situation like that, right? So like what advice would you give with that? Because the way that you've even phrased that isn't just like, hey, let me get up and sing on something, but it's more just you want to provide value to this project. I always, personally, I always go for humor, humility, enthusiasm. Mm. Um, you know, that's the Englishman in me as well would go for a little bit of irony. Like there's one problem with the record. Right, right, I, you know, right. There's not enough of me on it. So taking a quite maybe egotistical observation, but like packaging it is a bit of a like we this can be throwaway if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, but the the my advice to anyone who thinks they need it is um, just read the room, mm. know your audience, mm. because a bit of irony might work with one person, it's not going to work with the next one. Right. It's really not about you. It's about read the room, read the audience, and I mean. If you're going to have a sensitive conversation, have it with one person. Don't put them on the spot in, right in, front, in front of a bunch of people, right? Yeah. Co workers or homies or family. Just mm -hmm. find, you know, find that little moment to just be like, I, I would like to help. Etiquette. Um, etiquette when it comes down to it. Like, yeah. I mean, studio etiquette. You know, it's like these are things that aren't necessarily taught these days. It's about you know? people. Yep. Yep. You know, the show business is about people. It really is. Mm -hmm. um, and. That's that's a really important thing with, with all the tech, with all the, the new apps coming out every day. And I mean, right. you know, I, I love using Splice now. I'm like using that on every track. And you, then you think, how did I live without it? But ultimately it comes down to people because mm. you've got to play the song to people and you've got to do business with people. Yep. And, you know, you want to go on tour and that's going to involve a lot of people. Yeah. I don't just mean the crowd. I mean, backstage, yep. you've got your, your bus driver, you've got your catering people. It's all about people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree uh, wholeheartedly. Um, I also don't think it hurts that you had an English accent when you said that. <laughs> Why is that? You got, you can get away with so much so much more than like I can. I couldn't say that the exact same way, and like it would be different. You, your accent helps you do that. Do you think so? I think, think so. Gives, I think you have an advantage when it comes to that. Yeah. Do you think it makes us sound clever? Yes, I, I do. Yes, I definitely do. And I, I say a lot of dumb stuff <laughs> with an English accent. Right, so. and it probably worked better than than if an American was to say certain dumb things without that. With in fact, in fact, actually, I want to put this to the test. We're going to play Paranoid. We're going to come back. I'm going to have you read a couple of tweets okay. from probably my favorite dumb American that is out there, and I want to see if you can make it sound any better. All okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm down. Right. Yes. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Okay. Uh, don't go anywhere. We've got Paranoid right here. Kanye West, Paranoid, Mr. Hudson uh, right here on Dash Radio. Baby, no, 
You wanna kill the vibe on another night? Here's another fight. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Baby, don't worry about it. Lady, we'll go out to the floor. About the nights alone. Tonight you're here with me, stress the gratitude, leave the attitude way back at home. Yeah, you see him look, baby, let him look, give you cold looks, cause we look cold. Yeah, you heard about all the word about, don't worry about what we can't control. All the talk in the world, lost in the world, till you finally let that thing go. You wanna check into the heartbreak hotel, but sorry, we're closed. Baby, don't worry about it. Baby, We'll go out to the floor. Hey, to the floor. I was going to have Mr. Hudson read some tweets and read them in his accent, but I think I'll save that for the next time you come through and we'll do, we'll do something then. I was terrified. That you're gonna, <laughs> for some reason, I imagined you didn't get me to read Don, uh, President Donald Trump's tweets and that, you yeah. know, that would end up being, I'd end up being a meme or yes, something. Right. And I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if you could make that sound better. That's, I think that's what I'm implying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think there's uh yeah. 
Anyways, we'll we'll do that. We'll do that another time. You know, I think it's that's. <laughs> There's that's a judgment of, call. That was me pulling the record back and being like, let's go to let's go to a different record. Let's not run through traffic. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's not let's not do that. Let's not do that today. Um, it's been such a pleasure having you hang out. Man, thank you. And I feel like you've been able to uh, really inspire a lot of people that are out there and maybe give some perspective to anybody that's out there that's, you know, maybe beating their head against the wall. They're just feeling a little bit of frustration because music in general, it, the the process of making music can be a frustrating one depending on your approach. Well, here's the thing. You know, there's a lot of money on the table. Mm -hmm. Everyone likes to make money. And music is fun. So Mm -hmm. you combine those two things, and funnily enough, everybody wants to do it. Right. Once you've got everyone trying to get through that narrow doorway to the room on the other side, that's tricky. You're like, well, how do I... There's like 10,000 people. How do I get through? Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it takes a combination of hard work, but also... I mean, this is one thing I'd say is like, if you see a line of a thousand people, form your own line. Mm, mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. by definition, you'll be at the front of it. Yep. That's some Yoda stuff. Yes. Now, just disclaimer, I, I'm not trying to be Gandalf here right? F- for people. I'm also, I w- always feel like a new artist when I walk into the studio. I'm like, mm. oh, what does that do? What does that synthesizer do? What does that plugin do? Oh, how did you do that? What was the shortcut for that? Mm. You know, or what does that word mean? Constantly or, learning. Or like, what did you... Uh. Oh, I haven't heard that SoundCloud rapper. Like, educate me. I feel like a new artist yep. every day. Yep. Um, I think there's a scene in one of the Iron Man movies where he says, there's a point in your life where you you still need a mentor, but you become a mentor yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it might be the, the first Iron Man movie. Okay. It's one of those. Okay. Do you, does that sound familiar to anyone? Uh, not... I'm not the biggest Iron Man fan, but like that Me sounds either, like it but would I, be. I, I watch a lot of movies yeah. on planes, and I right, think right. Something about being <laughs> something at, sticks when you're at thirty-three thousand feet. Yeah. you like you get all philosophical and emotional, and I'm like, <laughs> this is a, this is this is my life. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm at that point where I'm still learning every day. Yes, I'm being humble about that. I haven't figured it out, um, but if I can help, you know broadly with like talking on the radio about just some little pearls of wisdom that I probably got from somebody else in the first place and paying it forward or yeah. I do a lot of one-on-one stuff you know could be a you know a young producer young artist or in different areas and they'll you know they'll say look can, can we speak about about my career and where it's going mm. and I'll be like you buy me breakfast I'll I'll talk at you, you yeah know? you just give me coffee and pancakes and you know, no problem. Because right. I, I really enjoy passing some of that stuff on. Although you got to be very careful when it's one-on-one that you're not putting too much into that person's head because mm. you can't give them all the answers. they still got to find the answers themselves, but you can maybe warn them that there are some potholes in the road, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that part is also very true, is that there still is something to be said about you. There are things that we all need to learn by doing yeah, and by making those mistakes. And you can try sure. to prevent somebody from... From stepping in every pothole, but you're only going to be harming them in doing that. So right? you, one has to be careful with with advice, you mm-hmm. know, not maybe not to go into too much detail and not be like prescriptive because what worked for you at a show in San Diego in 2010 isn't, isn't right. necessarily going to work for somebody else in, you know, Albuquerque, Albuquerque and, right. in 2019. Right. So yeah. I think just principles. Yep. Are, are kind of helpful, you know. I would agree with all of that. Um, for those that are out there that want to re-listen to this entire interview, it is up on my site now, hopaworld.com. Uh, we've archived it there. We've also podcasted it as well. 
And uh, I've got links back to all of Mr. Hudson's stuff, including his website and social media and all of that. Uh, a little thing called Instagram, which we've yeah, discovered in this show. I recommend it. Uh, <laughs> it's good for those, you know, um, quiet moments. Exactly. Exactly. There's a lot that you can catch on that. Uh, we like to usually finish the show like this. Music is life and life is good. We'll see you tomorrow.